again and welcome everybody back to another bonus edition of the Everything College Basketball Podcast. Ep- bonus episode number two. Of course, like the first episode, we are with following the journey to the tourney with the Edinburgh Lancers, currently ranked number three in the state of in Class 1A. Joining me today is back in the show. Went up to number two. Three in um, John Harrell, two in... It's weird. We'll get to all that. But joining me back on the show, Peyton. What's good? Missed the last episode. I was facially woken out. Didn't get back in time. But you guys did good. But now I'm back, so I'm ready to get going. We're going to get to that first episode here in a second. But we do have the three returnings. We got Mr. Travis Jones. What's up? Riley Palmeter. What up? Caleb Dewey. Howdy. And this time joining us, too, we have the starting point guard who missed out last time, Jarrett Turner. What's up, guys? And... I guess you'd be the sixth man, right? Sixth, seventh. We'll just call you the super sub, just like you would be in soccer. Mr. Braylon Bryant. So, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five of the main seven that plays. Guys, that first episode, I was telling you guys off it. I know you guys don't see the stats and numbers like I do. Off the charts. I mean, I was kind of explaining to you guys. I don't think you understand the magnitude. You guys have got fans literally in the state of Kentucky, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New York, I mean, all over the country where ECB's reached out to. So the fact, we'll start there real quick. After episode one, did you guys get any good feedback? Not just from like local people, but like what, just tell us, what was the feedback off that first episode? Because I knew numbers wise I seen it. I mean, from what I heard, I mean, I didn't really see nothing out of state or nothing, but from like, like people around the community, they liked it, so. That's pretty much right. Yeah, I talked to a couple of kids just from like Whiteland, and they said it was kind of dope. Just you know, having high school, having that publicity that we got from that. What about you guys? Do you guys like school-wise around town? Do you guys hear anything? Yeah, pretty much just the same thing they said. Just around here, everybody seemed to like it. So. Well, I'll tell you what, your coach loved it because I was emailing him. We jumped it. Or we came into practice today. We'll kind of get in that as well. But uh, your coach, actually, I didn't know if he would know about it. Um, Coach Witty, but when we were exchanging emails, he was like, hey, thanks for having them on. You know how it is with 1A, you know, not getting a lot of exposure. I'm like, well, that's part of the reason we're doing this because it'd be different if you guys were 5 and 15. Right. I mean, it'd still be fun to give you a spotlight, but the fact that you guys are good and sometimes smaller schools don't get that recognition, that's why we're documenting your guys' hopefully journey to a state title or at least a state finals appearance. So. We're going to keep doing this, um, but I was letting you guys know episode one was a big, big success. Um, so be on the lookout for this. Obviously, we couldn't do this show without our sponsors, Manscaped. Manscaped, the best and below the belt men's grooming products. Use promo code ECB for 20% off your entire purchase and free worldwide shipping. Fellas, if you haven't protected your nuts with Manscaped yet, what the hell are you doing with your life? Tell them about Peyton. Listen, I still use that to this day. I used it yesterday when I went to work out. It's the best, and there's no other place you can get it other than manscaped.com. Use code ECB for free shipping and 20% off. Let's, before we get into all your guys' season since the last couple um, last couple weeks since we last talked, let's, we got to keep it in the spirit of college basketball. Most of you guys are IU fans. We know. We know. Fellas, the fact that you finally, 2,100 days since the last time Indiana had beat Purdue. We talked about it on the last episode, on episode 97 of the Everything College Basketball. The fact that Indiana slayed the Dragon and tucked down Purdue. Forget the Michigan game right now. But as fans, how, tell me the emotions. Kind of talk us through that. I mean, I mean, it was just 
felt like nobody could say anything anymore. Almost. It's like, especially everybody, because like, it's really Purdue and Indiana is really clashing. So after all that talk, and then it finally just, now you could kind of say something. So it felt real good. Jarrett, the fact that TJD barely plays at all, probably his worst game all year, and you have a guy like Rob Fennessy step up against his hometown and show out, and then you have Xavier Johnson finally look at the Xavier Johnson came in over from Pitt. Maybe backcourt won that game. How would you feel about that one? made me feel great, and it gave me confidence for next games. And that Southwestern game, how we had that a couple days. Yeah. Maybe you want to play for Rob Tennessee. I, I messaged him. I, me- I don't know if I messaged him. Or maybe he's in the group. I was like, oh, yeah, what is here? But I told Josh, I was like, fucking Jarrett's having this damn Rob Tennessee game. Out. He hit like four threes in the first half, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Had like 15 points total. Ridiculous. But those are the type, if you're going to upset a team, especially if your best player goes down, you got to have guys step up. And we're going to get to that. Translating it back to you guys moving forward the rest of the year. Um, obviously, we're going to get into that first loss and everything, but I do want to start off with the Indiana news. The Michigan game, I kind of figured it would happen. I thought they'd find a way to win. Yeah. Things happen, man. Michigan got <clears throat> red hot. Real quick, on the Indiana-Purdue game, did, you guys, did most of you watch the game? Yeah. 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 When J.D. Ivey shot that shot, did you think it was going in? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> second round. The rim, I said, well, okay. So, I said it on the on the show this last Sunday, episode 97, where we were reviewing it. The shot almost was identical to uh, the 90, no, the 98 um, Eastern Conference Finals between the Bulls and the Pacers. I forget if it was game three or game four. It was at, up in Indianapolis. Reggie hits a go-ahead three. It's the game where he pushed off Jordan, yeah. got open, buries a three. There's only a couple seconds left because you know NBA calls timeout, you get it at half court. Everybody knew Jordan was getting shot. He gets it. They contest it. He double pumps even, and it hits off back iron or off the backboard, hits off the front iron, back iron, front iron out. Yeah. Jaden Ivey shot reminded <clears throat> me exactly like that, except for he was on the other side of the floor falling. I thought he hit it. I thought for sure he hit it, and if that if he hits that, I'm sorry, but Purdue beats you in overtime. One thousand percent. He he went nuts in the second it half. It sunk the air out of Simley Hall. He went nuts. Um, what about a guy like Michael Durr? I thought he played well. Yeah. Hell, I mean, stat wise, he didn't really do a whole lot, but he held his own. I mean, Zach Eady's a monster. He he had the first six points in that game. You just dump it inside, tell him he turns and hooks or dunks, and you can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. He was a monster, but good win. I wanted to start with that because tying back into college basketball, and I know most of you guys are Indiana fans. How about this? I know you heard the first episode. How about this one over here, like in Maryland? I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that actually surprised me. It makes me happy that we beat them this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely surprising. Talking about that. Kayla or Caleb, Travis, and Riley, I think you guys all did a fantastic job on the show. I listened to it because, like I said, I was working out that day. It was on Thursday. And I came home, was tired. I was only going to listen to like, the first five to ten minutes of the show. And I was going to finish the next night. I ended up sitting, how it was, an hour, two hours long. It was about an hour. It was right Listen to the whole show. You guys surprised me a lot. I think you guys did a great job. But that did surprise me, the Maryland, that you like Maryland. So that you, yeah. That's yeah, and that's lot. another thing. So, some yeah. of the feedback I got for you three on that first episode to kind of finish things off on that is – I think people were surprised how well-spoken and comfortable you guys were. Um, the fact that you aren't, like, shaky, and because it can be intimidating to record. Oh, yeah. It can be very nerve-wracking. But the fact that you guys kind of – it almost feels like you've been there before. And, and I told you guys off-air, you know, episode one, this was kind of part of the goal to get you guys prepared for down the road, you know, colleges and stuff. But the fact – I got a lot of feedback that you guys were like, man, they were really comfortable. They sounded professional. 
So you guys should be proud of yourself. Um, it's not an easy... I know people think, oh, you just plug in a microphone to talk. It's not an easy a thing to do. So you guys should be very proud of yourself on that. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. So from the last time we talked, you had just came off of your holiday tournament win. You're rolling. You're um, number two in the state, unbeaten, breaking records, setting history, all that good stuff. Since then, in the, the last three games that you played, you have a scare at West Washington. Let's start there. I went down to that game. New going down there, you go down south, especially in a 1A, 2A setting. Refereeing's going to be bad. You're not always going to get the right calls go your way. It's a bad night just about every time you go down there for whatever reason. Yeah. Take the officiating out. For some reason, you guys go down south, and it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. You guys battled through a lot of adversity. You Let's just be honest. You sucked for most of the game. Mm-hmm. They cut you to death. They hit some shots. They were patient. They frustrated you. But at the end of the day, you found a way to win a double overtime. Travis hits a huge putback. I don't know, it was 13-footer right inside right the, the free throw line. Right at the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, nice little putback, sends it overtime. You guys have your chances. Blow it. They had a chance. They blew it. But finally, at the end of the day, second overtime, you make a tremendously – I mean, that ended up being the play of the game. Right. Stealing the ball, going down, ice the game. To me, one thing before we get into that game, the mark of good to great teams is winning when you probably shouldn't win. Right? The fact that you can go face all this adversity, um, was, was that the game? No, you didn't. Have, that's the game you got the tech, right? Yeah. Over some bullshit. Well, I'm going to ask you about that here in a minute. But the fact that you were able to go down there despite everything and pull out the win, I think was a huge, just as big a statement as beating Indy Lutheran was, <clears throat> right? Indy Lutheran plays into your strengths. They're up and down tempo. That was a fun one. That was brutal down there. That was brutal. You guys win. Let's go over a couple of the, those key plays, the highlights of that. I want to go through your mindset, especially the West Washington game first. The fact that they were playing well, they held the ball essentially, they cut you to death, they hit threes. You know, going in the fourth quarter, you're down. I want to talk to each one of you. What was your mindset to think, well, this can't be the way we lose our first one, mm-hmm. right? Talk me through it. So, I mean, I, I can start by saying when we were down by, we were down by 10 or something. Yeah. It reminded us a lot of Lutheran, and we figured we were going to dig ourselves out of it like we did, just telling each other we're going to play hard, just keep going, and we just never did. So, I mean, it did get scary, especially in the fourth quarter when we were still down two or three possessions. But eventually we just kept kind of, like, chipping away. And then, I mean, when we, I mean, we came into the last shot or whatever. So, I mean, it was definitely scary. We were scared to lose almost. Like, we were like, dude, this can't be the one. When they're back cutting you to death like that, and you know on paper we talked about it, you guys are the better team. Right, you guys play that nine times out of ten, especially on a neutral site floor. You probably win nine of those. But the fact they're having a career night, they had a couple kids go nuts. They're cutting you to death. I don't know defensively. What was your adjustments? You feel like you had to make flatten out, don't get cut, but then they're going to hit a three, uh, switching everything. What What was Coach Whitty telling you? What were you guys kind of telling yourselves to hold it together? We realized early that we had to keep the I don't know his name number twenty two in front of us because he was extremely speedy. He's actually the kid that Riley picked. Was that the small kid that, that, that the, whipped everybody to the rim? Yes. yes. Okay. We, 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 20. we talked about 20 before the game. You know, Whitty said he's going to make tough shots. He'll hit a few. we got to keep the other guys disengaged. Well, he hit more than a few tough shots. Yeah. A couple turnarounds, a couple fadeaways with guys, two or three guys in his face. He got to the rim anytime he yes. wanted. Yes, he, he hit a lot of shots, and, I mean, he, he had a career night. So, I mean, like, our defensively, we knew the two guys we had to key on. 
But the other thing with that is, is if we tried to help off, they're hitting a three. There was another kid that was going to make a shot that he wasn't on the scouting report to make the shot, but he was going to make it anyway. Right. So it's just one of those nights, you know. Caleb, not necessarily your best night for the most of it, but you hit some big shots when needed, get to the rim. Um, when you're having kind of an off night like that for the majority of the game, you being kind of the guy that key in on the most, considering, you know, your 20 points a game, et cetera, talk me through your thought process of that. Uh. Well, I've, you know, at first I'm just going to go try to play how I normally do, but when I see that it's not going the way I want it to, I just kind of calm down and take a step back and let these guys just kind of handle it from there. Right. I mean, obviously I'm still going to do what I can here and there, but I'm like just going to let them do them and just kind of play a role. Right. You two, Jarrett and Braylon, um, Braylon, we talked about you being super sub. Jarrett, you're the starter. You guys, wasn't your best shooting night? You guys normally hit, I think, at least 35% or beyond. I uh, I think I got stats pulled up here. Um, I shot 9% or, or yeah, something. It was like 321. It wasn't double three. digit. It wasn't double digit. I had one. I had one. Riley had one. Did you have one of the other? I, we hit two shots. That's probably like a nine. I had like an 0 for 6 that game. I was 0 for 2. This does not. Oh, there it is. 3-point percentage. Um, if we're hitting shots normally, we're yeah. beating them. I mean, and right that there. was our slump right there. I mean, that led into Greenwood, too. We didn't shoot the ball over there, either. No. <laughs> we'll get to Greenwood. Yeah. Braylon, you're on the season 25%, but I feel like you hit bigger shots than what that stat shows. I think you're one of those shooters that the stats don't show it, but you're a better shooter than that. We'll get to that. Jarrett, you're shooting 38%. That that in college basketball puts you in top 20 in the country. Yeah. 35% about average. So, But, again, this is one of those games. You guys are supposed <coughs> to be shooters. You're not hitting. Um, do you just focus in more on defense? Do you like, hey, we got to keep this kid in front of us? I mean, what are you guys thinking on that? I'm usually thinking defense when I'm out there. That's what I'm just out there to do is play defense. When the shot's not falling for me, just you got to give it to whoever's doing good at the time. Like Travis, how to give it to him. Riley, when he's like posting up, you got to give it to him. Or and on defense, you just got to try your best. When that kid's whipping you guys to the rim, I mean, how pissed <laughs> is that? When he's just blowing your guy, it didn't matter who was checking him. He was just putting his head down. I want to give them credit, too, because we talked about it. On paper, you guys should have blown them out. That was a big game for them. They had the number two team in the state coming down. It's a sectional opponent. And that offense, when it's when a team plays that offense, essentially, it's not a four corners, but it's a spread offense. They open the lane up, draw bigs away from the rim, and you guys got speedy guys like that can go to the rim. It's super hard to defend. Playing a team like that is extremely tough to come from behind on because of those reasons. They'll hit free throws. They'll hit a three if you overcommit. And if you don't protect the paint, then they're going to blow it by you. But yet, if you don't come out too tight, they're going to dribble clock out. That's a tough opponent when they're playing well like that. Um, I guess the fact that you guys, again, got the win in that, was there anything before we get to – go ahead. I actually got a question about that, and this might be something you're going to ask them as well. This is a game I stayed at home for. I didn't go to this game. I talked to my brother. I talked to Josh. I talked to my dad after the game, and he told me what exactly happened. The game went into double overtime. Stuff like that. Got the win. Our niche is college basketball. This is what we do our show for. It's called Everything College Basketball for a reason. This goes for high school, college basketball, even some levels of pros. Great teams find a way to win. It doesn't matter if it's on the road in a hostile environment, if you're hitting shots, or if the other team's doing something they're not supposed to do. You're coming in on the road. This is a game, like Josh said, on paper, 
you should probably win by double digits or more, right? And it went into double overtime. You had to fight, scratch, and claw. You was down 10 points, like Riley said. You had to find a way to win. In double overtime, on the road, how'd you guys do it? What'd you guys do differently? What allowed you to come up uh, with this win before we're heading into the county tournament? Uh, like we said before, we weren't hitting shots. And it's about in the fourth quarter when we realized we needed to come back, we started pounding the ball inside offensively. Yep. And just getting easy things like that. I think right at the start of the fourth quarter, Landon had like six points in a row, got mm-hmm. us going. Yep. And then from there, we just kept pounding the ball inside. And, you got, and that's a good point. You guys actually, because I do remember looking back at that, there's a couple of possessions where you said, screw it. They probably were fouling. I know like officiating can get bad down south. We talked about that. But I, if memory serves me correctly, there's a couple of possessions where you just ripped through, went through somebody, got a foul, went to the free throw. And free throw shooting has been a big bugaboo for you guys here lately. Yep. Um, we were at practice today. Yeah. We've seen you guys hit them. Oh, yeah. Games like that, man, um, and we'll talk about the Greenwood one where you guys, it really came back to bite you. How do you calm your nerves? You know when you got to hit these to either <clears throat> protect the lead, pull yourself back in it. How do you calm your nerves? Is there a routine you guys do? Me, I had my own routine. Like, I'd get up there, call, I'd take a deep breath, one, two, three, spin, look at the rim for about a second, and let fire. That way it blocks That's everything out. Big time situations, hearts racing, you know you got to get this dub. You know, free throws, step to the line. What do you guys do? What's your routine? How do you calm yourself in a situation like that? I mean, I haven't, to- I haven't took like a like a big clutch free throw. But, I mean, even like the second quarter of that Greenwood game, when you know they're going to hold it, every shot matters. For me, it's just you can definitely feel the pressure. And I just kind of re- remember that I'm in the gym every day shooting these and just kind of use your confidence of repetition. So, I mean. It's muscle memory. <clears throat> you work on it enough, it becomes a habit. But – I don't think people understand that there's levels to this. You could be a 99% free throw shooter, but when the moment's the biggest, that the heart's racing, palms are sweaty, it can, it can be hard to hit when it means. Rounding out the West Washington game, talked about your steal at the end there. Knowing you guys need a massive player, you're taking the loss. Did you just say, screw it, and if I foul, I foul, they'll go to the free throw line? But, I mean, what – to, to pick that kid off, go down and hit the go-ahead layup, talk me through that because I thought that was ballsy. I thought it was the right play because if you set back, game's over. So I wasn't going to guard him. Travis wanted me to switch on to him, and I figured. So they held the ball the whole time. And I, uh, before I'd pressure him, and he'd blow right by me. So then I started setting off, and he held the ball. So I thought time's ticking. I really didn't even think about the score, I guess, because when, when I made it, I, I didn't really realize how clutch, I guess, it was. But yeah. So – I pressured him, and as soon as he planted that foot, I figured he was going to go back, and then I just kind of jumped it, and then I didn't really think nothing of it. It was kind of. He makes the layup. You guys go up. There's like five, six, seven, eight seconds, whatever it had, was left in the game. Their ball, chance to win it, walk off winner, upset, takes the number two team down in the state. In that final huddle, the final timeout, Caleb, what was Coach Whitty relaying to you guys? Just play defense. Don't do nothing stupid. Don't foul. Switch everything. And. We know 20 or 22 is going to take a shot. So I thought he hit it. Oh, it was double major too. I thought he I hit it. Right there in front of him. And as soon as it went up, like, you know, as a defender, you can turn and look. And it's just like when you shoot it, you can just see it's right on the line. Yep. I, mean, that's, I said, that's going in, and here we go. And it hit the front of the rim. And, I mean, it was like my heart sunk and then shot back up. That's Excitement of, just. That's one of those plays where all you can do is just hope and pray because we know he's, he's, he can shoot the ball. So. 
I mean, he even had two guys in his face. Right. At a certain level, you just, you just had to hope they miss. Yeah. Sometimes we seen in the Auburn, we seen the Auburn Kentucky game this last Saturday. Sometimes you play great defense, but offense will win out. Sometimes Jabari Smith and Katie Davidson just they hit shot after shot. Sometimes you just live with it and move on. But the fact you guys won, I thought that was more impressive than the North White Indy Lutheran game because everything we just talked about. Moving on. For, oh, real quick, what was the tech about? What the hell did you do to get the tag? <laughs> I told him to stop fouling, but I cast. I mean, oh, it's good, man. I, I, I don't know. I, did you? You didn't say anything to officials. No, no. you were hollering at him. Yeah, what? I he said he didn't even like hear, like see me say it. He just heard it because I he did walk right right by me when I said it, and then I heard the whistle and I looked at him. He looked at me. Isn't that so stupid? I can't stand officials that they're on a power trip. I'm just going to be honest. Like, officiating. I know you guys aren't in a position to say it. I'm sure you think it. Nothing drives me more insane trying to watch a game and officials take over. Yep. The fact, if you said something to him, right? Yeah. Then absolutely. Tee your ass up. I mean, even even though I didn't, I know I should have kept my emotions a little more in check and I take full responsibility, but. Well, that's big of you to take that. But again, if you would have said it to the official, of course, yeah. tee your ass up. Yeah. But if you're talking to your teammate. You're telling him, like, hey, man, whatever on defense, whatever, right? Like, we, we're down. We got to get going. And the fact he tees you up, get out of here with all that. But you guys are unbeaten after that. You come back, county tournament. Um, didn't go the way we all hoped and thought it would. You guys play at home. Um, I think when – I can't remember from episode one. Did we know the draw then? We did, didn't we? Yes. We knew the draw. Yeah. Greenwood, on paper, again, you're better than them. 4A school, big, but not so much bigger where they're just going. Oh, by the way, that kid, what they say he was, 6'9 or something? 6'8. Yeah, he, he don't look 6'9. I told my dad, he's like, oh my God, he's 6'9, look how big. I'm like, bro, uh, um, our ex brother in law, I guess, ex brother in law, our oldest niece's dad, he's a legit 6'8. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. This kid did not look even close to being. He looked maybe six six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a game, good game. You know, it came down to a couple of mistakes you guys made. You led the mm-hmm. majority of the way, and I think it's an indictment. I want to know your guys' thoughts. Me personally, Indiana needs a shot clock. The fact that a team like Greenwood, the four A school. Right, bigger than you, should be better, have a wider range of people to choose from. I think it's more respect for you that the fact that they had to slow the game down, hold the literally hold the ball, and do everything they could to try to beat you. The Indian what do you guys think? Indian shot clock or yes. does that affect yeah. you at all? Yeah. Stockton and North Davies twenty was it twenty four twenty three. Yeah. Like come on. Even in the city tournament, was it Cathedral and Tech that somebody yeah. said, or some? There's an Indy Star article about. Isn't that shot the game they had? The Isn't that the game? They, yeah, they yeah. had an issue. Yeah. But I saw in the Indy Star where they're talking about it because it's just like you know teams they just feel like they can't go up and down, so they're holding the ball, and it's taking it's kind of taking the fun out of the game. If you have to be honest, it's taking offers. Yeah. Well, it was a man, 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 man. Maybe, oh, it was. Oh, yeah, you're right. North Davies <clears> and Linton Stockton because I've seen the video of it. Literally for minutes at a time, both teams are just holding the ball. That's not basketball. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I would agree with that or, you know, wanting to defend it as much. as like I know there's a lot of people who are against having a shot clock because it ruins the tradition of high school basketball, especially here in Indiana. And, yeah, I get that. 
But if you're holding the ball, I get it if it's a fourth quarter, close game, you're trying to stall the clock, you're trying to make the defense come up and guard you and foul you. I get that if it's late in the game. When you're doing it, whole four quarters, the whole damn game, that's not basketball. How are you going to get better as a team? How are you going to get better as a player? Even how are you going to get better as a coach if all you do is just run, run the ball out? Yeah. Yeah, just hold the ball and hold it and hold it. And it's like, this ain't basketball. No. Like, it's not basketball. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, we, we're not saying you have to go to a college or an NBA shot clock of 24 seconds, but at least a 45-second shot clock to make teams play. And it rewards defenses because if you bust your ass for 45 seconds to get a stop, you should get the basketball. Yeah. In 36 minutes of basketball, the game high should not be 37 points. No. The only way it should be that way is if both teams just are missing everything. The fact that they held the ball. And give them credit. They win. They came to do what they wanted to do. Um, they, they give you guys your first L. We're going to talk more about that. But I wanted you guys' thoughts on that. How frustrating as a player, because I've been in a situation as a coach myself. Waldron did it to us in the sectional game. This is when Waldron was like 4-18 and 18 or something. We had killed them in the regular season. They come out and they damn near knocked us out in the first game of sectional. Sectional game, I understand. Tournament game, I'll give you more leeway because that is do or die. But in a regular season game, okay, you win, great. You lose, whatever, you'll learn from it. Right? You're not getting a trophy. You're not getting a state title from winning a regular season game. So, individually, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. How frustrating is the play against a team that is going to just stall and stall and stall? And the opposite end, do you think that shows you more respect, the fact that they were that scared? I mean, yeah. I mean, if a team can't play with you and they know it, I mean, it's kind of like a respect thing where they know they can't keep up. And, I mean, about the shot clock, I mean, it's – that needs to be done because I, I think it's it's hard to play defense for two minutes. Like, I don't think oh, people understand how brutal that is. Dude, it's rough. We've all done shell drill. Oh, yeah. And yeah. have to pull four stops in a row, and there's no clock on that. Um, so it's brutal. Jared, your thoughts on that? What was the question? About the shot clock and playing defense against a team that's just going to hold the ball. Oh, like holding the ball. like frustrated, thank you. Yeah, like it like – Makes the the shot like after you finally get the ball, like oh, makes yeah. it like so much pressure on your next shot because you just play defense for a minute, forty five seconds. So if you don't get a bucket, you're like, here we go again with this. Forty five seconds. <clears throat> here we go again, Travis. What's your thoughts on it? I mean, it's frustrating, but it's like <clears throat> to me, I kind of have to tip my cap at Greenwood because you know they did what they did. Like that's yeah, what they true. wanted to do. Right. You know, congrats, you got what you wanted. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't understand it. Like, I get you want to win, you want to hold, but you're like, you're not playing basketball at this point. Like, you're, it takes the competitive edge out of the sport. Like, it just makes it no fun. Braylon, you're coming in off the bench. You know it's a big game. Um, You're seeing the the flow of the action, because sometimes coming off the bench is actually a positive. I don't think people understand. Yeah. It doesn't matter necessarily if you start. It matters if you play and you're at the end. Um, you play big minutes coming off the bench. When you see a game like that, are you trying to ramp up your defense more when you come in to try to make something happen? I mean, talk me through that and your thoughts on the shot clock. On the shot clock, there definitely needs to be a shot clock because playing against Greenwood, like Riley said, holding, like trying to play defense for two minutes, that's it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. Caleb, you had to set up the first half because yeah. the aforementioned technical. Those are rules 
you're, you're, everybody's got the rules. I think me personally, I would go with depending on situation. If you said something to the ref and deserved it, yeah, then set you for the first half or whatnot. I think you need to be a little bit more lenient. We'll not go into that too much. But you have to set out the whole first half and watch us. And you guys were up at half. Like yeah. I said, you guys led the majority of that game. Yeah. When you see your team battle this without you, you got to feel like coming in. All right, I can make some stuff happen. But at the same time, you know, you know, like Jarrett mentioned, offenses add a, a premium now because you got to get a bucket just about every time down to stop that shit. Yeah, so I'm I'm watching the whole first half, and I can see that they're doing good, but they're starting to get tired. So I'm thinking in my head, second half I got to bring energy and just do what I do. And then second half comes, shoot the ball once, and I play defense forever. Right. What it seems like, <clears throat> especially when they miss and they get the rebound again, oh, that's and awful. then it's all over again. And and you being a scorer, you know the twenty. I think you're at twenty three a game right now. Um, you being a scorer, playing defense that long takes some away from your offensive game because you burns your legs up. Yeah, burns your legs up. Yeah. Um, I think Greenwood. I will give them the credit. The thing they did in the second half, especially that I think gave you guys fits, is they packed the middle so tight. You couldn't get anything. You couldn't. Your shot wasn't falling. Yours wasn't falling. You got a little going to the rim, but they just denied the middle so hard, so it makes you have to be a three-point shooting team. You, trying to break through and get to the middle, um, you see them collapsing the middle of the paint like that. Again, what's your thought process? I'm going to find somebody to kick it to who's open. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those games, fellas. You lose, but you learn something from it. Let me ask you. The reason you guys didn't press to try to speed the tempo up was you worried about their size? Is that the reason why I'd give them some easy layups? I don't even think we thought about it, to be no, honest. I, I thought we were just going, yeah, I don't know. 100% should have. I thought you should have sped the tempo up, at yeah, least yeah. <clears throat> at least trying to get the game chaotic. Because right. if it's chaotic, it favors you. Right. Right? Um, that's tough, man. A team. I know they had some kids <clears throat> talk about before the game that, I mean, if you let them get one or two threes in, that they could just light you up. So I think Witty might have held off on the press just because, you know, press, you get a little bit chaotic, and then mm-hmm. one guy gets free in the corner, and he hits one, and the next thing you know, he's hitting three in a row. So, and, and you guys lose by three, 37-34 in overtime. It did go to overtime. Um, you lose by three. I think, again, in that situation, you've got to take a chance. This is my personal opinion. You guys not saying anything. I don't want you to get in trouble, but, again, feel free to say something if you want. Um, I think you got to take a chance. Just yeah. my uh, – Opinion from being a coach standpoint, because you know, again, you miss a shot, they're going to come down, they're going to hold it. Eventually, you fall asleep. They get an easy one <clears> to a layup or a, you know, kick out three. I would have tried to, I would have tried to press. That's yeah. me. I would have used you guys to your advantage. I'd put you on the point of it. I'd have ran some traps. I'd have said, all right, we'll give up a layup to speed this thing up because it's in our favor to speed up. Yeah. And here's the thing: you only lost what was it three points? You said in yep. overtime. The reason you lost isn't because they slowed the game down or defensively you didn't make the adjustments that you may need to. The reason you lost the game is because you missed free throws. Yeah. You missed about six to eight free throws, I think it I was. I just wanted to tie it with six seconds. You missed, left. I think, like, maybe th- – no, maybe that's how uh, I missed the, game. the first one, like the front end of one and yeah. one, and then I missed the second one, and uh, to tie the game we're down to. I hit so, the first one. Yeah, so talk us through that because we've all been there at some point. Um, you missed, right? We've talked about it. You can be a 99% free throw shooter, and big moments people don't think understand how hard that is. You hit one and then miss the one that counted to tie it up. It happens. No blame. 
it shit happens. But talk me through it, kind of your thoughts on that second free throw after you miss. I want to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Uh, you mentioned earlier about like calming yourself before shooting free throws. Over the summer, I found this thing called body breathing. It's supposed to like equal out your energy, mm-hmm. so you can take a deep breath in for three seconds and then release for six seconds, and it kind of like just like really leaves all your energy. So I, I did that after the first one, but then my mind raced and I just got racing, and I just I didn't you know I, I just shot the second one, just kind of racing, yeah, let you, my mind wander. And you left it. I left short. it short. You hit the short. front rim and then hit the back and rolled off the side right to where their defender. Was. So um, I remember that free throw vividly. But when you guys are missing free throws, the majority of the time you're missing because they're short. Yeah. That's because you're not holding your follow through. You're gator arming it essentially. Basically, instead of holding your follow through up, you know the whole cookie jar thing and all that. You're getting up there and you're just kind of like quick, quick. It happens. What did we learn from that loss though? Right. It's your first one. Um, you don't want to lose. Obviously, you want to move on the county tournament. All that. Your first loss, though, it's out of the way. Tell me, talk us through the locker room. Braylon, I'll start with you. Locker room after you guys lose the Greenwood. How was the the feelings in the locker room after that? Oh, I was about to go crazy. I was even if I was on the bench, I was just upset. Like we should have definitely won that game. I mean, for me, that I mean, I I got three years varsity experience. Even football, but that hurt the worst out of any loss I've had in high school. For some reason, it really just stuck with me. And it, I think our biggest lesson we learned is how bad losing sucks. Especially when you're playing at a high level. It's not. It's a feeling that nobody wants on this team. So I think it, that's a big moment for us just to learn from it. Uh, Jarrett, it's easy. You guys are unbeaten, number two. You guys got all these people telling you how great you are. You finally lose. In your guys' mind, do you feel like, man, I don't know, do, are, do they believe we're as good as we are still? Do you feel like you lost any steam, the momentum? Kind of, what was that like? I don't think we let anybody down. We're still 11-1 and one at the time. That's still a, yeah. a good record. Every team needs to get at least one loss to know, like, what it's like and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, say we go undefeated going into sectional, not knowing how to lose, and... That'd be like the worst. Part. Right, and I think the, okay. So let me rephrase that. And you guys can all chip in on this. So you've seen it in sports a lot of times, or even go to like the UFC or boxing, right? This team or these fighters are unbeaten, and they've got all this hype. Oh man, they're they're the best. They're gonna be champions. Everybody loves you until you lose. You lose, and then people are like, oh well, I knew they'd lose. I knew they'd. Uh, maybe they're not as. They start poking holes. Beforehand, everybody thought you're invincible. Even maybe you guys yourself thought, well, you're invincible. Like, shit. Hey, we'll go on the road. We'll play like shit and we'll still win. We'll come at home. We'll play like shit and we'll still win. Well, now you lost. So I guess the steam factor is that maybe people around town, obviously we all still believe in you, right? It's only one loss. But it's easy to think, well, these outside forces are saying, uh, I'm sure they're probably thinking, that, you know, we're not as good as they thought we were. Is that more motivation now? Mm, yeah, I mean, we want to – We I think it's better to prove everybody right than to prove everybody wrong. Everybody thinks we're good. I'd rather prove everybody right than have everybody yeah. say we suck and then prove them wrong. So. Yeah, That's a great quote. We've got um, – let's go into some of the questions here. Johnny Stroud wanted to know on the loss, he wanted to know, now that you got the loss out of the way, do you feel like some of the pressure's off? I know we talked that first episode with you three – that you guys weren't feeling the pressure, and that's one game at a time, and that's great. But I want to know the real answer. I want to know your guys' real thoughts. 
do you think some of that pressure is off now? Because whether you thought it or not, you you were carrying a big weight on your shoulders. I feel like that it just kind of I don't I don't know about these guys. I'll speak for myself. But whenever we lost, it didn't build more pressure. But it was like, all right, we got to go harder now. Like I didn't I didn't relieve any pressure. Okay, we lost. We're okay. And like I was like, all right, well we gotta we gotta go harder now. So we gotta go even harder. Like the next game we play, we gotta beat them worse. We gotta really just like you know kind of stomp our foot now. Right. I, that, good segue in that. Um, practices after the Greenwood game. <clears throat> you obviously, you don't play for a couple of days because you're out of the tournament. When you guys step into the practice floor after your first loss, do you guys have a new mentality of like, all right, we're going to hammer teams now. We're not letting it get close. Yeah, and that it was still stinging because it was I think it was next day or we set or yeah, it was the next day at Wednesday. Or did we get that off? I don't remember. Anyways, the next practice, I mean, it was almost like painful to put the jersey back on and go back on that floor, and you're almost like reminiscing on what like what happened, especially whenever then we talk about it before practice just to get out of the way. Right. But then after that, it's just. I think it, it hurt, but I think it, it helped us build character. Caleb, um, you set out in the first half. You guys end up losing the game. Um, you are, like I said, the guy most teams key in on because of the scoring and everything that goes into it. How should I word this? Because it's, it's not fair to say, like, oh, I feel <coughs> responsible we lost. That's not what I'm asking because that's not fair. But you, did you think, man, if I'd been out there in the first half, this may not even been close, we could have blew them out. Like, did you feel like shit? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it sucks, but I can't blame anybody but myself, really. Uh, I mean, they were winning before I even came in, so part of me was like, man, I should have just sat the whole game out. But then, other part of me was like, well, maybe I should have just done more. I should have d up more. I should have done this. But then today. I don't think I could have done anything more than what I tried to do. No, and that's what I'm saying. It's not fair. I wanted to try to phrase that in the right way. Yeah. It's not that, like, yeah. nobody, hell, nobody blamed any of y'all. Nobody blamed you for the free throw. Nobody yeah. blamed you because you said, I guess more or less, in my mind, I know me as a player would think, even though they're winning, they're doing great, if I was out there, at least, even if I didn't score, I could have been a decoy. Maybe yeah. these guys would have got more open. Yeah. They would have had some of the pressure off of them. On the, you know, that's, I guess, what I was asking. Um mm-hmm. So you got the first loss. Sucks, moves on. You two, again, struggle shooting the basketball. I think you finally hit one or two. I hit one that game. You hit one. Yeah, the first half. You two. You guys are now, after that, you're in a little shooting slump. What are you two doing when you come back into the gym to correct that to make sure you get back on track? Uh, I told someone, I think it was my mom, or I texted uh, one of like the coaches like the middle school team to see if you can get in the bank. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to get shots up. So we went into the gym the next day and used the gun, like uh, the shooting machine, yeah. and we got shots up. It's all you can do. Yep. Like I told you in practice day, sometimes uh, me being a shooter and stuff in school and all throughout, everybody goes through these ups and downs. You're going to have games where you're hitting 70%. You're going to have games where you can't hit the broadside of a barn, right? But sometimes it's the smallest tweaks. Sometimes maybe you're rushing your shot. Maybe You guys all have a bad habit that – Hopefully you start fixing out. When you guys shoot and you're straight up vertical and you're not fading away or falling <coughs> into a shot and you hold your follow through, you guys are money. Yeah. Money. I think we talked last time you guys are shooting at a really good percentage from three. But sometimes those little uh, shooting slumps are because maybe I'm not holding my follow through. Maybe I'm falling back. Maybe I'm rushing my shot. So it's a small tweaks. Don't try to go and reinvent the wheel. Just a small tweak. Did you have something? Right. When I was against Southwestern. 
when I hit like two in a row, I shot that one in the corner. So like every shot before that, I had my hand like right by the ball, uh -huh. like, like, mm -hmm. like this. When I shot it, the corner three, I let go right when I shot it. So that's why I think I missed it, really. Right, yeah. Right. Um, I guess the last thing on the loss of Greenwood, and we'll move on. Real quick personal story. Um, that semi-state team, again, going back to them, we took our first L right before Christmas to Indy Lutheran. We were the better team than Indy Lutheran. They were a good team. Don't get me wrong. Good team. We took the L right before Christmas and that little break because we came out, we thought we were – I think we had just beat Rockville, that top five matchup. We were rolling. We knew we were better if we played to our potential. And they came out and just carved us up. They cut us to death. They got to every loose ball. They beat us every 50-50. They hit shots. They had one kid, I think, go for 25 because he just whipped Jordan Burton to the baseline and reverse layup. But we needed that loss because the reason I say that, we end up seeing them in the sectional final, and we end up beating them in a high-scoring game. But I think had we beat them in the regular season, I think we'd lose that sectional and never even get to the semi-state. So to get the loss now, get it out of the way now. That actually brings up a good point for me. Because we, after the game, me and Josh came over here. We talked a little bit about it. And then we messaged you guys on a little group chat that we have. And we told you, it's better to lose now and get it out of the way instead of losing close to sectional time. Talking about college basketball quick. Last year, Gonzaga, undefeated, mm -hmm. all the way to the national championship game. Didn't lose a single game through the regular season, through the WCC tournament, and till they got the national championship game. They got to the title game and got their ass whooped by Baylor. It's better to lose now to lose later when it counts. And another thing on the Greenwood loss, last thing I'll talk about this. Coming off the tough loss at home in front of your home crowd, what is your mindset for the rest of the season? Just blow teams out, man. I'm tired of tired of playing down to people's levels. We just got to start blowing teams out. Hell yeah. Blow them out. You want to get your bench – more minutes now. You, you stop playing with teams, put them away. Destroy them, put them away, get them <clears> out of there. Um, and again, it's better to lose now than we remember we talked episode one. You guys were blowing all these teams out and you get sectional and was it Trinity? Mm -hmm. You're like, shit, we ain't played nobody in a while, right? You guys got a tough stretch coming up. You guys got a real tough stretch coming up. Um, so it's good to get it now because. You know, you don't want to be embarrassed by North Davies. No. They're going to play a similar style. They're going to play a, a pretty much identical style than what Greenwood did to you. They're hold it. They're going to limit possessions. They're going to hit threes on you. They're going to, if you overcommit, they're going to cut you. Um, so it's good to get that out of the way and play a team that's sort of in that mold so you're understanding now. The upside to that, uh, that loss that same night talking about college basketball, Baylor and USC both undefeated. Mm -hmm. Tuck the lost. L. Yep. That's right. Baylor lost twice. Well, both teams lost twice both that week. Both teams lost twice that both week. Both teams lost twice that week. So that's a good point. Um, I guess one quick, back to West Washington real quick before we move forward. The fact that they played you that tough, and I know it's down there. Do we host sectionals this year? Yes. We do, right? Yeah. That's a sectional opponent. There's a good chance you're going to see them at some point. When you guys see them again, you know what to expect. Are you wanting to just hammer them to prove that, hey, you guys aren't in our level, like you're not in our league, yeah, that was yeah. a one-night fluke? Take them, yes. take them more serious and just handle business. Right. Yeah. That's something I feel like we need to, as we get down the stretch, I think we had a talk in practice, or before practice yesterday, like we're in that the final four weeks of the season. And for us seniors, and this is our last four weeks. So 
I feel like just as we get closer to sectionals, just taking everybody more serious and coming out, you know, zero zero, this team could whoop us if we're not ready. Having that mentality at jump ball, whether it's true or not, just having that mentality is going to be a good thing for us. I completely agree. Um, part of the reason you guys get, not just you, but in general, a team that will get, allow themselves to get backdoored like a Princeton-style offense like that is because of lack of communication. Was that practice today? Love. We talked in the first episode, love Coach Higdon, and he put it on display today. You guys didn't really have the greatest practice today. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Not the greatest. Kind of lackluster, not the greatest as far as intensity, and he ripped into your ass for what? For lack of communication. Lack of communication. That's huge, though. I hope you guys understand what he's yeah. saying because yeah. you're going to see these teams are going to try to duplicate what's been done to you at West Washington and what's been done to Greenwood, try to lull you to sleep, and then when you overplay, they're going to get easy ones. So I hope you guys understand he's not just because he's pissed off at today practice, but to understand – you guys seniors, it's done. You play one bad game like that in sectional or in tournament time, your guys' career is done and all this, you know, it's over, right? So make sure you're talking. Make sure you stay and communicate. Let's go into the um, upcoming schedule because, um, like I said, we are documenting your journey here. So I'd look – I think we're doing like every two weeks. So in the next – from now until then, you guys got conference game at Morristown on Friday – then you're playing home against Henry. Is Henryville a special night? Is that homecoming? Yes, yeah. it is. Okay, that's always a big night. Should be a good crowd. Let's start it with Morristown. You guys don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. Morristown sucks this year. They're really bad. They've lost all that talent they've had from the last five years. But again, you mentioned it. you got to treat them 0-0 at start. You're going on the road. You have a bad shooting night. They have the game of their season, and you've taken another really bad loss, mm-hmm. right? So, looking ahead to Morristown, you know they're bad. You know that you should blow them out. Mindset going in, especially today's practice wasn't really the best. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of our schools in our conference, going on the road is always tough. Because, you know, Waldron, Morristown, it's just like a, it's deep embedded in the community to just hate each other. So, like, you go there, it's going to be chippy. It's going to be loud. It's going to just be, it's going to be chaos. So yeah, it's just tough to go on the road in our conference and just, you know, it's tough because, you know, everybody hates Enberg, so. Especially when you're ranked. Anytime you're ranked, you've got a target on your back. That's what we talked about, I think, in episode one when Purdue got to number one. You go to Rutgers and there is a massive target on your back because you're now you're a huge game for them. Um, Morristown, as bad as they've been this season, they could say they've had a good year if they could knock you guys off. Um, and it's a tough place to play, no matter how good or bad they are. I've spent that season over there coaching. I've played over there. I've coached against them. That place can be tricky. The way the seats are, and then you have the upper deck that's, like, blacked out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can be tricky over there. It can be very <clears throat> tricky. So, again, mindset going to Morristown, wanting to blow them out, right? Mm-hmm. Wanting to blow them out. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know if you guys – I'm sure you do, knowing how you guys are, and I'm sure you've paid attention – However, you guys only got two conference games left. You only have you have Morristown and you have South Decatur. And currently in the Mid Hoosier Conference, you're unbeaten. You're four and zero, and you've got a couple teams right behind you, two and one. So now you're playing for a conference title too. Yep. Um, despite whatever may happen the, in the sectional, the state tournament, because you know one game and done, it's tricky. At least if you get a conference banner. Right, you'll at least be immortalized for that because they don't come around that often here. Mm-hmm. 
So talk about, again, not only going to Morristown, but with the eyes on the prize of taking home a Mid-Hoosier Conference title. Uh, what did you say? Just, uh, just I mean – you're expected to beat Morristown. You want to go over, blow them out. But if you put, if you win that, it essentially, you know, puts you in a prime position to lock up another Mid Hoosier Conference title. Yeah, I mean, last year, but we fell short. South Decatur. South Decatur. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a tough game. Hard, hard game. It was a dog fight for sure. But uh, it'd definitely be good. Plus that in a holiday tournament, and then maybe even a sectional, and even further than that, it'd just be nice, especially for these guys' senior year. and be immortalized Um, people can always point back they may not always remember your stats but they can go back in history and be like oh this team won the conference oh hey this team did this and then they can pull you up and you're always going to be remembered I used to tell kids when we were at Morristown when I spent the year there what a good team I thought we were good enough to at least win the sectional we made it to the sectional semifinal and Greenwood Christian knocked us out we'd beat them in the regular season Um, but I used to tell them all season I'm like Make it to where you're immortalized forever. I want a banner so when I come back in this place, we can look up and say, hey, we did that. So a conference championship does the exact same thing. 30 years from now, people can look at this season. And be, oh, yeah, those guys, you know, they won the conference titles. You know, let's look them up. You guys are going to be remembered forever. Always be remembered. Um, Morristown game. <clears throat> you guys win that, you're at least getting a share of the conference. You're 4-0, the 5-0. You got Walder, North Cater, South Cater, all 2-1. So even, uh, let's say for some reason in a few weeks you lose South Cater, you both end up with one loss, you still get the share. Mm-hmm. I know you won an outright, but beating Morristown on Friday at least gives you a share of the conference title, which is still big. Right. It's still big. It's cool. But that's that's a game. Morristown, you guys know more about them than I do. I've only seen the record. Um, I, again, they've been so bad, I've not really paid attention. Key players to look out for. Uh, they have a tall 6'3 kid, linky kid. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, what's his name, Jared? Uh, Nick Stidham. Nick Stidham. And then they he's have... Been si- he's been 6'3 since 7th grade. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that. What kind of player is he at 6'3"? Jumper. Maybe go get a layup. He's, probably, he's their big man because they have, like, their next soft player is probably 6'1". I'd say if he was on our <coughs> team, he'd probably play about my spot. So, like a, like so a, like a forward? Yeah. Four. Like, a, like a three guard. So, guard. is he going to be more on the ball, or is he going to be posting up? Say against us, he'd probably be posting up because we have six four, six three, six five. D- does five, it five ten? <laughs> <laughs> just give your credit, six foot. Just say, hey, well, like the kid from Greenwood, yeah. six nine. My ass. You should have had the AD. You should have had Walder and be like, yeah, he's six one. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, I would. Huh? Yeah, get him some. Uh, get him some like not stilts, but the shit you can put in the bottom of your shoes. Uh, like insoles, like yeah. <laughs> Look, Jarrett shows up one day and like, damn, son. <laughs> um, God, I wish you guys could have seen it when I was in school. And I know people in, from like Tyler Cook and them. When the, I played when the Mid Hoosier Conference had that string of Southwestern goes to state finals. My fresh or my eighth grade year, freshman year, Walt. I'm sorry, seventh grade year, Southwestern goes to state finals. Eighth grade year, Waldron unbeaten wins a state title. Freshman year, uh, Hauser goes to the semi-state, gets beat on a putback in Seymour in the semi-state against Lagodi. Sophomore year, Hauser wins a state title. I mean, just this era of mid-Hoosier conference, and everybody was huge. I was 6-1 and one of the smallest players on my team. Like, everybody was huge. I, like, I feel like everybody's getting smaller and smaller, man. You guys are more athletic. 
but everybody's getting tinier and tinier. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy. You like literally, you're what six <coughs> three, four. six four. Yeah, yeah you'd have been in the post, but you'd also <coughs> got to come out and play some wing with us yeah. too, because you we had six six, six five, three six four, yeah. like five six two. Like I said, I'm six one and was you know one of the smaller people. Yeah. I'd say that for like Indiana schools, like you see like these like. Prep academies, they got seven foot. That's yeah. why. They got seven foot 14 year olds. Like why. La Lumiere. La Lumiere. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's why we're getting smaller in like the communities like this because all the size leaves. Yeah. It doesn't stay in the small town, it goes other <clears throat> places to grow, I guess. That, that actually, we'll get back on track, but that actually brought up a good question. Have any of you ever been tempted to move? I know you guys love Edinburgh. I know, but athletically, I think there's that stigma that we talked about in episode one of. Well, maybe I'll get more eyeballs if I go play at Franklin or yeah. Whiteland or Cathedral or whoever, right? Have any of you ever been tempted to leave for athletic purposes? Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, me and him in our, what, right before high school, our eighth grade year, we were going to move to Franklin. And, I mean, I'm going to say this, but I, it's, I'm probably not going to move, but Lamella Ball's new prep academy, they hit my uh, AAU coach up and they want me to go there next year. Is that the one in Ohio? I think it's in North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. Oh, no. I was thinking of Spire. I was thinking of Spire where he yeah. played his last well, year. Well, Melo Ball started when he was a one-of-one one prep. Yeah. Oh, no. So it's one of those things where I think of it, and I'm like, that'd be cool. I mean, he's one of the biggest known basketball players ever and this and that, but to move all the way out there, and it's it's intimidating, but it's yeah. something, it is something that I want to do just – Experience. For experience, for experience. You know I mean? Especially if you guys can go all the way and win a state title, yeah, so you like, feel like nothing's left to yeah. nothing's left to prove. I, I, hey, I get it. I don't hold anything. You guys do what's best right. for your future. Yep. But right now we're focusing on Edinburgh. I just it brought up a question. It made me think. I didn't know if you guys had ever considered it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you remember? Yeah, you remember? Um, God, I'm getting them confused. But you remember Land Cable from Morristown? They won the yeah. state title. His older brother, His the one that played Kyle Weiss in them. Over at Morristown, he was like 6'5", 6'4". One of the best high school players I've ever seen. He, semi, or, uh, sectional semifinal, he almost beat us <clears> single-handedly. <throat> that semi-state team for us, he went nuts. We were double-teaming him. He was just hitting fall-away shots. He was that good. But that year, the start of his senior year, he transferred to uh, what was that big, big-time prep school over in New Jersey. I don't think it's around anymore. I'd have to look it up. But it's one of the big ones. Cause he got to go out there, and he stayed for like a month and got homesick because he realized, oh, this shit's way tougher than I thought it was, way tougher. And came back. He hopped a bus to come back and play for Morristown. Yeah, but he went out there and experienced it. But he's playing with like mega D one stars. Yeah. Like, yeah, if I remember, it was the same, the same high school that Michael Kidd Gilchrist went to, or right around there. Uh, oh, fuck. But regardless. I was just it, it was a random question as it just brought it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure people think about it. There was times I thought about what if I stayed in Franklin, but chances are the way everything worked out is I would have made the team. You know, even if I was good enough to float my freshman year, I would have stayed on JV. That's just the way it was. Shit that made Adrian Moss play JV for a minute, and he's damn good. One of the best players I'd ever seen. St. Patrick. I think that was it. Yeah, I, it was one of those New Jersey schools, but. Nonetheless, uh, you guys got Morristown on Friday, and then you're back home for homecoming. Are you guys doing anything? I know homecoming is always some kind of special theme. You guys got anything going on? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. We had a whole coming, homecoming <coughs> planned out, but with our school going virtual, we went virtual, so we're at, at home for school during the day. Um, we don't have any kind of God, special things. 
We have a cheer block, hopefully planned. We're hoping to get a lot of the kids that are in quarantine from school back for that cheer block. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I will definitely get back to you whenever I figure it out. But we have, well, we'll have a cheer block, hopefully. Not Isn't it ironic we talked episode one about the scares of what happens if it gets canceled? And then after that, like, you got schools going in quarantine. You got, I'm like, my first thought was, shit, what if, you know, what if stuff gets canceled? Because didn't Cambridge cancel because of that? Yeah. yeah. You guys scheduled to play 2A. Cambridge City Lincoln, again, another school you should have beat. Never know. But they, I was like, damn, they're canceling. You guys are in quarantine. You're back to virtual. This shit's wild. I don't know. Edinburgh, by the way. Walden, everybody you listen to me, you're out of date on your policy. You guys are still doing the 14-day policy, right? Yeah. This, I don't know what it is, to be honest. I try to keep my nose out. Everybody else is to the five-day. I was literally talking to Higdon today. Franklin's five-day because the CDC says, oh, it's okay. You only need to be five days quarantine or removed. You guys are still – it's killing you. It's killing the flow of practice. So those are another challenges. Um, Henryville on Saturday for the, for the homecoming game. What do you know about Henryville? So from what I know is, I mean, last year I mean, we, did, we did our job last year. And then – I mean, they're a three A school. They probably got a little bit of size, and I mean, Coach Woody told us, "Don't." I mean, he's he's nervous of them. I mean, they can come out and beat us. Um, they played good. They're an up and down team. They're a team that lost to Hauser early in the year, but I'm pretty sure they put up a hundred on somebody. Crothersville. Uh, yeah, ha- yeah, they beat Crothersville one hundred one thirty two. They're four and nine on the year. Their wins are against three A Salem on the road. They beat Lanesville, Crothersville, and they beat Trinity by almost thirty. Yeah. Trinity's not terrible. Um, they've got Franklin's old coach, Brad Dickey, down there. Trinity, I went and watched them live versus Hauser. They struggle when they can't get to the rim. They don't have, like, they have Mitchell Hackman who can shoot the ball, but they don't have more than him, really, that can shoot the ball like that. So they struggle when they can't get to the rim. So, um, again, you know, Henryville, another team on paper you should beat. You just never know. And then the last game before we do another episode, it looks like you guys will be playing Crothersville. They've had some teams just put up monster numbers on them this year. Uh, they're 1-9. Waldron beat them by 20. Orleans beat them by 60. Uh, New Washington beat them by 22. Henryville to 101. Christian Academy beat 85-40. They barely lost to Shaw. Borden beat them by 35. So this is another one. Yeah. Like Last year, ironically last year, Crothersville <clears throat> – their players, like, they made a sign for their players to run out of, and it said, it was like a Google search bar, and it said, Lancers, no competition found. Oh, my God. So, no. and we beat I mean, we beat them by, like, 30 last year. So, I mean, I guess, you know, school spirit, you pump them up, but at the same time, physically making that, that's going to stay with me until good. hopefully we put 100 balls. Good, good. Where's that game at? It, it's at uh, home. Thank it's at home. Is it like a one thirty start? It's a one thirty. Uh, it's always that Saturday. Yeah, yes, Saturday, it, February fifth, one thirty tip. Yep, because yeah. we. I remember that now because we always used to play Crothersville on that Saturday too, normally, mm-hmm. and it was a weird time because I think that's girls sectionals. Yeah, girls sectional, girls sectional final. That, the sectional championships that night, so that's why we're not allowed to play. Yeah. Yeah, so that's normally that. So those are your coming three. We'll save like the Shelbyville and everything because we'll have another episode before then. But as we kind of start to wind things down again i appreciate you guys you know coming back like i said there's been great feedback um 
Peyton, you got something real quick? I gotta pull my notes back. Yeah, up. I got some individual questions. Travis, ever since we started the show, I've been really into the recruiting aspect of you know college basketball and I guess high school basketball as well. How many offers you got? Uh, I have four. You got four offers. You're a senior. What's the recruiting process like? Like, how does the coach get a hold of you? How often do you talk to the coaches? Like, what's the recruiting process um, like for you? Ever since I got in touch with uh, Caleb Dewey's AAU coach, Antonio Petty, uh, things have been off the wall. He's sending my film everywhere, and I'm talking to a bunch of different coaches. I only have four official offers right now, but I'm talking to coaches from a lot of other places, too. Um, honestly... I try, just whenever a coach texts me, I try to keep it as normal as possible. Like, I, yeah. try, no, I don't try to be like a kid, kiss butt. Or, right. Like, I, try, I don't try to be super professional either. I just try to be myself. So, you know, sometimes it works out and they're like, well, here's your offer, you know, pending acceptance, you get this or that. And then other times, you know, I don't hear from them. And it's just what it is. You know, you just kind of got to throw your hands in the air and you got to, all right, I got I to gotta control what I can control and let them come to me and I reach out to them. We talked about the one from Buffalo. What? Who's the other three that's contacted you? Um, I have the one from Buffalo, which is Madai. I got one from Owens Community College, which is in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. And then I got another one from Fishers College in Boston, Massachusetts. And my other one is... It's tough. Yeah, I forgot. No, <laughs> I'm gonna have to Grace. look it up. It, Grace yeah, Grace Christian Community or Grace Christian University. Actually, I think that's Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're in Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at Jared, always dropping dimes for you. <laughs> uh, I just. Are you were Are you the type of kid? Because those are all out of state. Yeah. Far away. Are you a type of kid that wants to go away? Uh I do, and I don't at the same time. I want to go because, like, I feel like. The life aspect of it is the odds of going to the NBA are going to be slim. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not worried about that. So, I need to go where I can get on my own two feet, but still be close enough for it to be comfortable. Right. So, does that make sense? Like, I want to be able to learn to live on my own. Right. Are, are you worried? Obviously, <clears throat> unless you go in and you, like, either they, they suck or you are really, really good, normally freshmen will go in and probably get redshirted. Yeah. Are, are you concerned about, like, I'm going to have to probably spend a year and – Grow my game, learn the college system, get bigger and stronger because it's a completely different game. Um, sometimes yes and sometimes no. Uh, a couple of the coaches that I've talked to, they said, you know, you can come play for me right now. Like the way you are right now, you'd be able to get minutes on my team. And, you know, with the JUCO, there's only two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really worried yeah. about a freshman or like a redshirt there because, you know, you only get two years. So maybe if I'm getting four or five minutes a game on the bench, I'm still playing. Um, would you like to go to Vincennes? Because they're one of the best <clears throat> junior colleges in I, the entire country. They just won I a mean, national championship yeah. like five or six seasons ago. I'm open to anything right now. That's what I keep telling my parents and everybody is like, I'm open to anything. I'm not really turning anybody away because, you know, basketball is my one love. Let, let me give you guys some advice real quick just from watching other talent and stuff. Um, people shun JUCO a lot of times because they're like, oh, it's only two years. Then I have to go somewhere else. And, Juco is a great – how many times have we seen in college basketball a dude go to a junior college or a community college, blow up after two seasons, and go to – I mean, we used to go to camp at Vincennes. I love Vincennes. We used to go to camp a lot of times. Carl Landry was over there. Um, kid from Milwaukee. Carl Landry went two years Vincennes out of high school, was a junior college All-American, ended up going to Purdue, Big Ten, All-Big Ten player, his two seasons at Purdue, spent, I think he spent like 10 years in the NBA playing for the Rockets, playing the Warriors, the Kings, 
And me and him had it was weird because I was considered a, a buddy, you know, because I was in middle school, high school. But like we met him over there, and then every year we'd come back. Even after we went to Purdue, the camp we'd stopped going to Vincennes. We'd went to because um, it was Dan Sparks. We'd went to Hanover, mm-hmm. and uh, or not Hanover, Rose Holman. Oh, I'm sorry. And he would come help Dan Sparks camp. He'd remember me. Like, he'd come up, hey, what's that, bro? We'd go to, he's cool. But junior college, never shun them because yeah. those are opportunities and right. doorways to other spots. Sean Marion also. Yeah. Sean Marion, yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good players went to um, junior colleges. You, I didn't get it to you last time. We kind of talked about it. Junior year's big year um, for recruiting. This will be the biggest summer of your life coming up for AAU to kind of look ahead. What's your um, recruiting looking like? Uh, so I got, I mean, I got like, five or six offers some of them I'm not posting or whatever because technically you can't like a D3 or a private school can't technically offer right. they can yeah. give you like an a- a- academic right yes, yes. but <clears throat> so uh, I've also heard from Colgate D1 mm, hell uh, yeah shit it's in the Patriot League yeah they yep. they like my film and all that which is from my AAU coach he's done a lot for me he's the only reason why I'm really getting any looks but so they they want they like me and but they they want to see me play in person obviously so they're going to come look at me this summer and I know just from having them looking at me I'm going to get other looks and stuff like that so this is really it is a big summer it's the biggest summer the the junior going into your senior year because it's your last AAU circuit yeah. um it's the biggest one of your basketball life yeah right you mm-hmm. have and I know you we'll get to that after the season we'll do some more postseason but, stuff I feel I feel confident with it though because of the new team I'm on. It's I've Who are you rocking with this summer? Uh AGNS Elite, always grind, never settle. I don't know if I know that one. Form. Where are they based out of? Terre Haute. I'm saying I don't know if I knew it. I mean the guy that runs it, he's only like nineteen twenty. Oh wow. Okay. Um and you we talked about your football, right? Mm-hmm. Any consideration had had you got any maybe looks for basketball? No, not really, I don't think. So you focus on football. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that's good. Like we talked about, dude, go, go. You two, don't be discouraged. I don't know any recruiting or anything, but we talked about in episode one. We came into that season, the semi-state team. Kyle knew he was going somewhere, just didn't know where. Jordan Burton knew he was getting looks, didn't know where. Corey, but the more you win, the further you go in the tournament, the more eyeballs on you, thus more eyeballs on guys like you and other teammates to get looks. There's all – there's – Hundreds of thousands of schools from D1 to D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO. It's college ball people looking for talent, always. So the further you go in the tournament, the more eyeballs. You know, all it's going to take is one big stage. We, we talked about um, the kid from uh, Morristown, hey, not Lankable. Um, uh, Eli Shubel? No, 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 no. Uh, Lasseter. Uh, Lass- uh, Logan Lasseter. He had a tremendous, tremendous uh, season that year. When they won the state title, mm-hmm. he went for like twenty-five in the state championship he game. Level yes, he did. Yes. He did. And he got more looks from that. Yeah, that's all it takes. So, yeah. I I don't even know if you guys want to go play college ball anywhere, but if you do, the best thing I tell you is keep winning games. Yeah, keep winning games. Keep winning games. Real quick, fun little hypothetical question for you. So right. once you're a Kentucky fan, night. Yeah. Do you like Indiana as well? Yeah, I mean, it's coming. We're transferring him over. He's coming. Okay, well, hopefully not. Anyhow, Mike Woodson offers you. Coach Cal offers you. Who do you go with? Mike Woodson. I'll explain it. I'll explain it. You guys are going to hate it because I'm a UK guy too. 
Here's what I'm gonna say. I'm going to Bloomington because of my I parents. Told you watch your shit. Because of my parents. My parents, parents are super close. You know, you guys know my parents. They're right. older. My mom is a humongous basketball head. I would hate to make them drive to Lexington. It's only it's two and a half hours hour. away. Bloomington's 45. And I'm a hometown kid. You know, it's better to be a hometown hero. That. Okay, let's look at it this way. Go to IUPUI then. <laughs> <laughs> I would if I get it offered. Uh, Dude, you probably go play for them now, all of you. They suck this garbage. year. But they're like 1 and 18 or something. Or else you might well be their boys' team. Yeah, they're terrible. I wouldn't play that much at UK. I mean, I would probably play that much at IU either. But if you think about it, I would not. Like, UK, they're going to bring in a lot of huge You're NBA prospects. I'm gonna, I'll be a, one of those four-year guys. Like a guy yeah. that, but I'll see the floor my fourth year, like an EJ Floreal or something like that. So. Brad Calperi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he transferred out. But, but you guys got to keep in mind, too, if this is all hypothetical, yeah, there's no, no offense. You guys know the talent yeah. that goes to Kentucky. Right. There's no offense. None of you are that five-star kid. Exactly. That's, right? That's why. But I'm if, hypothetical, you could walk into Kentucky the way the NIL rules are, you will make a shit ton of money, and you'll be set for life in the state of Kentucky. Just by putting on that Kentucky jersey, yeah. people will remember you for 40 years. <clears throat> and you'll have a job for life anyway. Think about future after. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, but again, Braylon, Jarrett, the offers will come the more you guys keep winning. Because there's always going to need a college for something. You keep hitting threes. You get your shot back. They'll realize, shit, this kid can do everything. He can defend. He can play backup point guard. He can hit corner threes. You can be a specialist. There you go. You, right? I'll show you. Dropping assists, scoring ball, shooting a crazy percent from three. <laughs> there you go. So don't be discouraged. It happens. Um, let's start rounding them out, though. You've already asked Travis your, your recruiting deal. Braylon, I'll start with you. Last thing. So as an the essential, we called you the super sub, right? Yeah. What do you want your role to be coming off the bench in the minutes that you play and – how do you want people to view you when you play? Just as a defender, honestly. I don't do anything on offense, so just a defender. So you want to be uh, – I guess the best compliment I could give for somebody who plays, but especially that comes off the bench and gets starters minutes at times, just make yourself where when you come on the floor, people feel good about it. You're getting on loose balls. You're hitting threes when you got it. You take care of the basketball. You're locking somebody up. That's the best thing. Just focus on that, and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Just focus on everybody. As a, as a coach, my best piece of advice I give to every player, whether you're a star or you're trying to make the, the roster, do something to where me as a coach cannot take you off the floor. Be the best rebounder. Be the guy who gets all the 50-50 balls. Take charges. Be an assist man. Do something to where I can't take you off the floor. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a defender and that's your main job, come on, just help defensively, you'll always get minutes. It doesn't, always matter what, spot. doesn't matter what you do offensively. If you can hit some shots, that helps as well. Mm -hmm. But you'll make your money and you'll get your minutes if you play harder defensively. Riley, question for you, talking about defensively. How tall are you, 6'4"? Yeah. I consider myself a really good defender, but I didn't have any size. Okay. You do. Mm -hmm. I consider you as a really good lockdown defender. Mm -hmm. How are you able to use your size and athleticism when defensively? So, I mean, I, I play defense just like everybody else. I try to stay in front, try to keep my hands off. But when, like, I do get beat, that's when my length will come in. Handy, yes. I could, I mean, block a shot or even just get contest. And then closing out, I mean, it's way harder to shoot over a 6'4 defender than it is 6'3". Like, it's exponentially harder. So, I mean, I just think it helps me in just, like, small areas like that. I don't think it makes or breaks my defense, but... It definitely helps. Yeah. 
Caleb, you're sitting here at 998 on career points. Um, you're going to get the thousands probably within your first shot or two against Morristown. Um, I obviously, let's tell that story real quick. We talked about off air real quick. They tried to get it against you against our biggest rival, Southwestern. Um, you tried to get it at home to do it in front of the home fans. God love Brady days. He triple teamed you. He, dude, did that annoy you at all? I know you what you're going to say because of the fans that already left and stuff is at the end of the game, but like, come on now. Oh no, it definitely annoyed me. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I was fired I think up. I was the most annoying. I went and talked to Brady about it. Did you? <laughs> he walked over in front of their bench and said something. The ref had to pull him back by our bench because he said yeah. something to their coaches. <laughs> I was like, you're a bad coach for that. Who does that? <laughs> but, I mean, to me, I was just thinking, like, dang, this dude's really a hater. Like, he's, bro, you're getting beat by more than 10. Like, if it was a close game. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't be doing that. Right. He'd be scoring. But, like, you're getting blown out. Just let me get two more points. Like, I already got 29. Right. All I need is 31. Just let me get my two and then... Like, just play regular defense on you. Like, let a man go against you, and if you don't make yeah. it, then great. But, yeah. come on, yeah. man. Come on. And they fouled him. Uh, on yeah. the, they passed the ball and they fouled him. So cause Him being Jarrett for the people. Yes, Jarrett, okay. Jarrett, Jarrett. But, because we were already... They were already in the bonus. So... Jarrett had to shoot free throws, so he couldn't get the ball. So I they told fouled me Jarrett. I was fouled no matter what. Like, even, like, pull, pull a double team. Whatever, double team. But when they're chasing dudes and deliberately fouling, <clears throat> like, dude, that's not cool. I have a difference of opinion on this game or, or what happened there. I agree with everything what Coach Wade did. I would have done the same thing. But it's a, it's a rivalry game. It's your biggest rival. I don't have a problem with what Coach Brady did. I know yeah. you probably pissed off and probably like, come on now, don't triple team, yeah, don't send the whole team after one player. But if it's against Greenwood or Hauser, then I'd be pissed off about it. Right. But it's, I buy into rivalry games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't know, Kentucky player, I don't know, Tayshawn Punts, I don't want him on the, the young center. He gets close to 1,000 points. I don't want him scoring. Right. I don't even shit if they're beating us by 20 points tonight. Right. I understand both point of views. I, I can, but that's still, bro, there was like, under 30 seconds left. And and from what Coach Whitty told me, is he told the official, and the official <laughs> relayed to Brady, and Brady's like, okay. So he knew what was coming, yeah. but why would he triple team? But nonetheless, back to my question, final question for you. You're at 998. You're more than likely within the first couple of shots at Morristown going to break that 1,000-point uh, threshold. Get it off your back. So, But the question I have for you, if you were able to get a 1,000 in any other category – Non-point related, what would mean? What would be the most satisfying stat to have a thousand in? Assists. You would want a thousand assists. Do you know how many you have by <clears> chance? <throat> I mean, probably probably not close, right? Mm-hmm. But so assists. So you'd want a thousand points, a thousand assists. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that'd great. be. I mean, that's a complete guard. What else were you going to ask for steals or something? Well, yeah. well, some people because assists are. Turnovers. I mean, a thousand. <laughs> that's what Riley's at a thousand turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Look at Jared putting me on blast. <laughs> when I'm guarding the other team's guards and he's not, that's where I that's where I make up for it. Oh God! I know you got you got one more. Talking about Jared, I have a final question for him. You're the point guard. I think point guard, especially in basketball, is one of the hardest positions to play because you control everything around you. you know, in soccer, goalkeeper is one of the hardest positions to play. NFL or football, quarterback is one of the hardest positions to play, right? So point guard for me, I was a point guard growing up. I've always been a point guard. And I look at you and I really enjoy how you play the point guard position. Because nowadays, 
especially, you know, the three-point area, Steph Curry. A lot of us, not a lot of us, a lot of people going out, they want to be like Steph Curry. They want to be shooting, you know, from the red line, pulling up, breaking people's ankles. I don't see that in your game at all. I see you more of like a traditional Tony Parker type of point guard. It's a good you control, actually. You control the offense. If you guys win, it's not necessarily because of you, but you're a big help in that. You're knocking down shots, playing great defensively. You're getting these guys open for shots as well. What is your mindset going into a game when you know, basically, you control the whole offense? I know I have, like, people that can score the ball, so why yeah. not give it to them? And then just, like, doing, like, what I can do. Yeah. And then, like, just making the offense flow and stuff. And just dribbling the ball, make run the plays, get the, the shooters open that shoot, get the big mans that roll, roll, and feed them the rock. <laughs> so great. That's so great. This weekend, wrapping things up, Morristown, Henryville. Three. How should I put this? You guys want to win. You should win. Blots on both. How should I put this? Would you guys rather, I guess, fun question to end this on. In either one of those games, would you rather... Score 100 against both teams, or one of the teams. Let's just say, in one of these games, would you rather score 100 or hit uh, 15 or more threes as a team? 100. I don't care. Yeah, 100 points. I've seen that. I think it was the 2012 team. came up on Facebook not that long ago on the memories. Yeah, they, they hit their 100 point against Hauser, dude. It was a dunk. And yeah, I'm, wait, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah, itching for 100, man. I'm telling you. Have you guys ever scored 100 again? No. No. We last year we probably had a couple chances, but we got. I think we had like eight nine. Clear the bench. Like really we clear the bench, yeah. and so you know our starters are sitting on the bench, and we could hit it because like we don't have any subs to put in now because everybody's quarantined. The quarantine. Yeah. So right no, now, sure. like it's not Friday. I mean, we'll still. I mean, we only play really seven, eight, anyways. We right. dressed our entire varsity, uh, or our entire JV for varsity. We dressed everybody we had, all thirteen players, dressed every single one of them for varsity versus Southwest. It's crazy. So a hundred points. Let's see if we can get that this weekend. Let's see if we can send a statement, get 100. But <clears throat> wrapping up the the second bonus episode of the Everything College Basketball Podcast with Edinburgh Lancers, the journey to the tourney, number three in one poll, number two in another. We'll say they're the, still the number two team in the state. A lot of expectations coming off the first loss against Greenwood, looking to regain that mojo because coming up, by the time we talk to you after the end of the regular season and a few episodes from now, like, it's getting real. We know what's lying ahead. You've got a few more games. You need to handle business. But you got that first loss behind you. Been a lot of fun. Um, can't wait for we'll, – we'll revisit, we'll revisit this, if I can talk, um, after these next three or four games, kind of see where we're at because then it will be time for South Decatur, North Davies, and then we'll be making the push for the playoffs. But wrapping up the second bonus edition, I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code ECB for 20% off your tire purchase and free worldwide shipping. And, of course, when you listen to this show, give it a like. Give it a five-star review on the podcast platform that you choose, Spotify, Apple, whatever. And, of course, make sure you guys are supporting these guys. They're doing big things, trying to chase a dream, bring something home to this small community that's not ever been done before and only been duplicated to one degree one other time. So that's who they're chasing. We will continue to document their journey to the tourney as we continue on. Only a couple weeks left in the season. But wrapping up, bonus episode number two of the Everything College Basketball Podcast. For the Edinburgh Lancers, for Peyton, 
I've been Josh. Hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll catch you for episode three in a few weeks from now.